Hello and welcome to the Swift Legacy Podcast, a show where we talk all things Taylor Swift with a focus on her early career. We're your hosts, Amy, Rachel and Molly, and today we're talking about the songs that we think will be on the Red Vault. Hello and welcome back to the Swift Legacy podcast. After Taylor announced that Red was going to be the next album that she would re-release, everybody in the fandom has been speculating as to what songs will be included in the Red Vault. We believe that there will be 10 Vault songs, including the 10 minute version of All Too Well. In this episode, we're going to be sharing with you our predictions for the songs that we think will be on Red, Taylor's version. There are no leaked unreleased songs from the Red Era. We know of a few titles and co-writes, but we don't have any recordings of songs from that time. I would also like to add that although a lot of people maybe think that Battle was a red cut, we firmly believe that it was from the Speak Now era, and this is a hill that I personally will die on. So the first two and maybe most obvious questions are whether Babe and Better Man will be included on the Red Vault. Rachel, what do you think? Yes, I think in some capacity, Better Man and Babe will be on Red, Taylor's version, whether they are whether they are going to classify as Vault songs, because technically we have heard them, or if they're just going to be Red, Taylor's version songs, is yet to be determined. I'm kind of leaning towards they're just going to be Red, Taylor's version Similarly to what Taylor said when releasing Fearless, Taylor's version, Better Man and Babe would fully encompass what Red, Taylor's version, the original dreamscape for it would have been. So Babe was released in 2018 with Sugarland, with Taylor featuring as background vocals. Sugarland are signed to Big Machine Records, which we all know the reason that Taylor is re-recording these albums in the first place is to take back ownership of her masters from Big Machine and Scooter Braun, essentially. It makes sense that Taylor would want to take back the ownership of this song. Now, we're not sure about the permissions in terms of the re-recording. We know she's had to wait a certain length of time before she could re-record certain albums, so we're not sure where she stands on legally being able to re-record this, but in our ideal world, she would be able to. So Better Man was released through Little Big Town, not a collaboration, but it was released in 2017. Now, Little Big Town is not signed to Big Machine Records, so it's maybe not as important for her to take the ownership back of that, although it would still be an incredible song to have on Red Taylor's version. Again, we're not sure in terms of permission, And Better Man was also a solo right, so we feel very, or I feel very strongly about solo rights and how amazing Taylor is at them, so that would be really good to have. Molly, do you think Better Man will be on Red Taylor's version? I think it will. I think when she said in the post announcing it that it was the 30 songs originally written for Red, I strongly believe Better Man was written for Red and fits very well on Red. Um, so I think it will be on there and I think it would be really really nice to hear a recording of it done by her and obviously once she let that go she had no control of the production or and she didn't do vocals on it we know that so I think having her version of it quite literally being her singing it as opposed to Little Big Town singing it would be really nice. I feel like she would have had Nathan Chapman produce that song. Oh my god can you imagine that? I would. It was on the original Red it would be on the Nashville side of it. 
So if we move on from the songs that we have heard and do know, then we come to Nothing New. Now, Nothing New is a title and we know a couple of lyrics from the song. We know about this song because Taylor wrote about it in her Lover Journal, the second one. And she wrote it on the plane from Sydney to Perth. On an Appalachian dulcimer. I don't know if I said that right. I did have to look it up. It's a fretted string instrument of the zither family that usually has either three or four strings. I'm not going to lie. I thought you were talking about the plane she was on when she wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) Keep that in the the podcast, please. Keep that in the podcast. To read a quote of what she said in the lover journals, it's about being scared of aging and things changing and losing what you have. She also wrote a couple of lyrics in the lover journals, which I will now read. I'm getting older and less sure of what you like about me anyway. How can a person know everything 18 and nothing at 22? And will you still want me when I'm nothing new? So do we think that nothing new is going to be on the Red Vault? Yeah, I do 100% believe it's on the Red Vault. Even the fact that Taylor just freely released information of it as recently as 2019, I think that shows how, A, how proud she is of that song and how much she kind of just, she wanted us to know about it, but B, how relevant that song kind of still is to her. Um, It's definitely something that she related to when she was 22 and definitely still relates to now at 31. So I don't, I there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that nothing new is going to be on the Red Vault. The only thing that I would want to maybe discuss is how interesting it is that I feel like it's going to be a very Joni Mitchell inspired song, especially with the Appalachian dulcimer, because she only she only began playing that and learned to play it because Joni has one also. And we all know how that went down. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Molly? I feel like I'm too tired to understand what's going on. <laughs> Rachel, do you want to explain the Joni Mitchell drama for any of our listeners who might not be familiar with it? Yeah, definitely. So if you weren't around in 2012, it kind of wasn't the biggest deal that was made and little bits and pieces got strung together throughout the years. But there's a whole fragmented kind of backstory between Taylor and Joni, which is it's actually really sad. Joni Mitchell is, she was a really big artist back between the 70s, majorly, um, 60s to the, to be honest, 60s, spanning way through to the 80s. And I believe she even had a re-release of some tracks a couple of years ago, but she's a hugely influential artist. She kind of was up there with Prince, to be honest with you, as a folksy musician of the time. And she really, really influenced Taylor throughout 2011, 2012, and even onwards, um, to the point that Taylor was even originally cast to play Joni in the movie Girls Like Us. The movie was scrapped, and for years, we really didn't know why until Joni actually came out and revealed that it was her that quote-unquote squelched the production because she didn't like Taylor. To grab a few quotes from why she put the brakes on that, but she said to the producer, all you've got is a girl with high cheekbones. I've never heard Taylor's music. I've seen her. Physically, she looks similarly small-hipped and high cheekbones. I can see why they cast her. I don't know what her music sounds like, but I do know this. If she's going to sing and play me, good luck. Ouch. In 2014, Taylor actually spoke with Rolling Stone about a couple more mature things. They interviewed her about drugs, I believe, and drinking. And she said, quote, unquote, when I first started drinking... I used to cry about Joni Mitchell all the time after a few glasses of wine. And all my friends would know, once I started crying about Joni Mitchell, it was time for me to go to bed. That's why I have mixed opinions on nothing new being on the album, although I do think it is going to be released. It's just interesting to be aware of the backstory behind it. I think that as much as it does have maybe a controversial backstory and the fact that maybe it was inspired in part by Joni Mitchell, I feel like that won't won't stop her releasing it. 
I think we're kind of done on that one. Do you want to start on the If Kisses Were Wishes? Because you're obsessed with that. There's just not much that we know about If Kisses Were Wishes. I think it's a really, really pretty title. All that we know about If Kisses Were Wishes was that it was, um, she met a fan in Tea Party in 2011. The fan asked if she'd written any songs recently. Taylor said, yes, I wrote one this morning called If Kisses Were Wishes. And it never made the red album. There are some supposed leaked lyrics which go, If Kisses Were Wishes, I'd wish on you, kiss the night sky and watch it turn blue which sound very speak now-ish to me, or maybe very, even pre-debut, it kind of reminds me of Cross My Heart. Like I'd cross my heart and hope for you, knock on wood and rope the moon. But maybe that's just me kind of like connecting dots that aren't there in my head. I think it'd be a really, really pretty track and I'd love to hear it on there. Yeah, I do think it's probably quite unlikely because it was written 2011 and I feel like it was maybe just a bit too early. I mean, we've talked Mm. before about the transition period between after an album's released and before she starts writing for the next album, where she writes songs that are probably not quite meant for the previous album, but not quite ready for the next album. So I kind of feel from the title as well, that If Kisses Were Wishes is probably like a late Speak Now song. Like obviously it was after Speak Now, but I just feel like it's not gonna be a red song if you get what I mean. It definitely feels more title-wise, and if those lyrics are right, lyric-wise, speak now-ish. A bit like um, Mr. Perfectly Fine, how that was written after Fearless and ended up. So you know what? If it doesn't end up on Red, it may end up on Speak Now. There's still a chance for it. So another song that we believe is from the Red era that we have the title of is Break, Burn, Inhale. Now this was first discovered, I suppose, by the unreleased fandom back in 2014. We know it's real and legitimate because it has been registered. Now, this was a co-write between Taylor and T. Pizzy slash Playboy Tremaine slash Trey Songs, who, as Rachel will tell you, has co-written and featured on many famous songs. Um, Nicki Minaj, Young Money, keep that in. (laughs) Unfortunately, other than the name, the title, we do not have any other information about this song, but I feel that the title is very red. I'm thinking Break, Burn and Mend from, which in my head is like this massive clash because I'm thinking Begin Again and that kind of song. And then I'm thinking the co-writer and Nicki Minaj, Young Money and various different other songs that we know he's written. And I'm thinking they just do not go together. I know it is crazy but I think at the same time she also did write both of us with B.O.B. in 2011 and released that in 2012 was she kind of was that an avenue that she was open to exploring at that time maybe it was a song written not for Red but for Playboy Tremaine's album that's all definitely possible to be honest it's very difficult to discuss because we do have no solid information on this song other than the fact it exists We could speculate in terms of what it is thematically. Like Molly says, is it a begin again type parallel? I've been spending the last eight months thinking all love ever does is break and burn and end. And then you've got a title break, burn, inhale. Is it like love breaks and burns and then you inhale and you begin again? That's how I always interpreted it. I was interpreting it in a completely different way. I was thinking like something broke, you burned it and then you like inhaled the smoke and choked and died. (laughs) <laughs> okay, okay but, but winding it in isn't that like a parallel to the daylight lyric um clearing the air i breathe in the smoke exactly but again daylight is very much begin again in a parallel we know she likes to keep lyrics in her notes app for like years at a time 
That's is it possible that she's one. recycled a lyric from Break, Burn and Hail onto Daylight and we'd never know? She could have done. In which case, does that rule out Break, Burn and Hail if there's a lyric there? I mean, she could just rewrite Break, Burn and Hail, but yeah. Under a different title and then we'd literally never know. Oh, don't <gasps> <say that>. oh <laughs> God. Physically pain me. So those are all the unreleased songs from the Red Era that we have the titles of. Now, there are some unknown songs of the era that we know the co-writers of. Within the writing period for the Red Era, we know that Taylor has also written songs with Ed Sheeran, Ryan Adams, Mark Foster, T-Pain, Max Martin and Shellback, and... My personal favourite that I am manifesting, Laurie McKenna. Which do you think is the most likely to be on the album? And which do you think that you would like to hear the most, Molly? I'd be really surprised if we didn't get one of the other Ed Sheeran co-writes, since they're clearly still good friends. And we know that he's already recorded his part and everything has changed, so he's on that already. So I'd, I'd just be really surprised if we didn't get it, to be honest. So I think that's what I'm definitely expecting. What I'd like... hmm. Now that you've mentioned Laura McKenna, I'll, I, I'm going to have to go with you on that. Let's go with the T-Pain one. <laughs> Throw I'm, it out there. I'd like I'd be interested. We are assuming that that's not like another joke song like Thug Story. Even if it is, I still want it. I love Thug Story. I strongly believe that Mark Foster's collab is going to be on there purely because of the Ellen DeGeneres interview in early 2012 when Taylor went on there and covered Pumped Up Kicks by Foster the People with Zac Efron. I feel like in her sick, twisted mind, that was in some way an Easter egg that just never fully matured. It's never fully ripened. And I'm calling it now. There's going to be Tumblr photo blogs about this. And they're going to be like, Taylor, you're evil. We saw this Easter egg and now it's hatched. That is absolutely genius. And it's terrifying to think the number of Easter eggs that she will have put throughout all the eras that have never actually hatched, as you say. Especially in terms of, she said, there were going to be so many about the lover tour that will never be realised. Oh my goodness, it makes me sad. So if I were to say the one I think most likely, I would probably go with Molly and say Ed Sheeran, but also because Max Martin and Shellback were such prolific co-writers of the Red Album, I feel like it's quite likely that we might get one of those. I'm not but sure. But do we want it? No, not really. They do make great music, but as far as, in my opinion, authentically Taylor goes, it's that kind of just felt like an outfit she was trying on. And then I'm sure you guys can guess that if I were to say the one I wanted most would be Laurie McKenna. I think you've made that pretty clear. I think I've made it pretty clear. That's the known co-writes. Obviously, there will be way more that exist that we just don't know about, but these are the ones that we are aware of. A few people are wondering whether Safe and Sound, Eyes Open, Sweeter Than Fiction or Ronan will be included on Red. What are your thoughts on that, Molly? So Safe and Sound, Eyes Open, which I always call Eyes Wide Open and bugs Amy to bits, um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think will be on that. They were written specifically for The Hunger Games and she's said in the announcement that these are the 30 songs written for Red initially. So for that reason, they're not going to be on there. And with that, the same goes for Sweeter Than Fiction, that that was written for one chance. So the only remaining question on this is Ronan. Now, Rachel, what do you think? Ronan, that was temporarily owned by Scooter Braun. And his mother went absolutely ballistic about that over Twitter. His mother, I know it's a sensitive topic, but his mother absolutely loves it when Taylor sings that song and acknowledges that song. 
she would love a re-release of it. It warms her heart to see people still remembering her son. I don't think she would take it in. You know, people would be like, oh, it's a song about somebody's son that's so insensitive to re-record. It's not about the money. And re-recording that song would be a fantastic opportunity to raise money again for Stand Up To Cancer, the charity that it was written for originally. And with it being a full-time release, that lines up again perfectly with it. It's tricky because on one hand, I'm like, it doesn't belong on Red and it needs to be its own separate thing. But then Rachel says, where else does it go? And where else does it go? I wouldn't be surprised if she potentially released it as a single, but between projects, maybe if there's a specific, like the first time when she released it for the Stand Up To Cancer event, if she were to re-release it maybe promoting a similar event I feel like Mm. that could be a decent opportunity hugely because I think that would as well give it more of a life of its own in terms of promotion definitely I mean I guess in a way she's damned if she does and she's damned if she doesn't if she does people are going to be like that's so insensitive it's a money grab like regardless of what Rona's mother says if she doesn't do it people are going to be like I can't believe she re-released every single song instead of Ronan she could have used this as such an opportunity so like just do it I'd love to hear that song again his mom would love to hear the song again do it raise loads of money unfortunately that's all we've got time for today but don't forget to follow us on social media to keep up with everything to do with this podcast and we will see you again next week for another episode of the swift legacy podcast